Hello everyone, my name is Belenz and you are listening to Hoka Talk, a podcast on both YouTube and Spotify. Now, today as promised on Tuesday episode, this will be a Euro 2020 special as I look back through uh, the tournament uh, finished on July the 11th. And okay, I'm a bit late to the party, but I promised someone was coming and here is one, so uh, no need for any uh, complaints now. You did a Euro 2020 special, so where's the review? Well, here it is. So... To celebrate the 60th anniversary of the European Championship competition, former UEFA president Michel Platini, the uh, French legend himself, as far as I'm concerned anyway, declared that the tournament would be hosted in several nations as a romantic one-off event, uh, meaning that 11 cities in 11 UEFA countries would each provide venues for the tournament. So, for anyone that was wondering, and if you didn't watch the tournament, uh, Azerbaijan, Denmark, England, Hungary... Italy, Netherlands, Romania, Russia, Scotland, Spain and Germany were those that hosted the games throughout the tournament. And there were 51 games played from start to finish with 142 goals scored and that was 2.78 per match. And the attendance, and it was so nice to see fans back uh, in stadium, especially in Hungary I believe, where they had about 50 to 60,000 in the stadium at one point, which was just nuts to see. Um, you know, COVID, what COVID I guess, um, as far as they're concerned. But yeah, it was just so nice to see. Uh, the attendance, yeah, as I was saying, was over a million, almost at a 1.1 million mark throughout the whole games, and that was on average 21,500 per match, if for anyone out there that is um, a lover of fun facts, and you know I am too. Uh, the top scorers of the tournament then, with five goals each, uh, was Patrick Schick, who scored an incredible goal from the halfway line against uh, Scotland at Hampton, and the goal himself, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo for Portugal, who unfortunately didn't make it all the way to re recreate their success from Euro 2016, but uh, yeah, him and Schick, I guess, uh, shared the golden boots, um, yeah, five goals each for them. Best player of the tournament was given to the goalkeeper from Italy, who's now joined PSG from AC Milan, uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma, and uh, rightly so, I think, although I think... And I will talk about this later. Someone else who should have been in contention, or you know, if they could share it, if that was possible, would be Federico Chiesa, who I mean, is an absolute baller, and uh, this tournament uh, proves it. And uh, yeah, if it could be shared, then Chiesa definitely should also be getting his hands on the best player of the tournament trophy or whatever it is that uh, Donnarumma had. And the best young player was given to Pedri. Uh, Barcelona's whiz kid and wonder kid and uh, one is definitely going to be lighting up La Liga this coming season as he did last season and as he did for this tournament as well the young man who is only uh, 18 years old uh, to the 19th of November but what a first season for Barcelona he had you know 37 games 3 goals okay not the best but you know he's only 18 his stats speak for themselves and his assist and so on and uh, rightly so deserving the best young player of the uh, tournament award and uh, they played in Spain getting into the semis after their rocky start to the tournament um, I think they drew every game as far as I can remember I'm, well, maybe I'm wrong there they beat Slovakia was it 5-0 in the final game with Slovenia one of the two and um, I should know because I did a review of this but we'll get to there when I go through the groups now because what I'll be doing is just going through all the teams uh, just talking about you know how I felt they did did they outperform themselves did they underperform and uh, we'll start with group A because well, that's what you do. I'm not going from Group F to Group A. We're going to start from the beginning. So, obviously, Italy, they are uh, one of the hosts of the tournament. Um, played all of their games, I think, by one or two, like the semis in the final in London, uh, in Rome. And, yeah, they had a perfect group stage, didn't they? Scored seven against, uh, not all against one, but Wales, Switzerland and Turkey. And uh, no goals conceded either. Uh, bossed the group and uh, rightly so the winners uh, it was a good final 
and um, I will get onto that later, obviously. But uh, yeah, Italy really good to watch, really fun to watch. Immobile had a really good tournament, the uh, Lazio striker, but he kind of just fell off after uh, the tournament, after the group stages, even. And then when we got to the knockout stage and last stages of the tournament, I don't know. I think he was more than just trying to create goals for others and so on. But in terms of the group stage, he was uh, you know firing goals in left, right, and centre. Um, so they won the group. Wales then finished second. Um, they did well to get to round of sixteen, but then unfortunately, I say that we lost because I was supporting Wales throughout the tournament uh, to Denmark. But uh, Denmark outperformed Wales in that game. And as a Welsh uh, Welshman himself and a Welsh supporter, I'm happy to admit that. Um, I fair play to Denmark getting where they did to the semis, you know, that horrific incident that happens to Christian Eriksen. The team came together, and I think obviously that was horrible what happened to the former Tottenham man now playing for Inter, but uh, it brought them together, and I think that was one of the main reasons why they got to the tournament uh, semi-final, that is. So fair play to them, and I'll get more onto them uh, in a moment or two uh, when I get to their group. Um, Switzerland now finished third. Uh, yeah, fair play to them. Uh, also did very well. They knocked out, obviously, France, who I don't think many would have seen come in before uh, the ball was kicked off and the game started. But, uh, yeah, they did. And they finished third as one of the best third-place teams. And uh, that basically rounds off Group A. Because then we have Turkey, who uh, only scored one goal and conceded eight. And they were labelled as, by many, um, I think myself included, to be honest, as dark horses with the tournament. Once to watch out, you know, they had Burak Yilmaz, Zeki Celik. They had won the title for Lille in Ligue 1 in France. But they just didn't turn up. And they said, I mean, dark horses. I'm sorry if this offends any Turkish fans of them. But, I mean, they were just horses. Uh, forget about dark. Um, completely out- outclassed and outperformed by uh, Italy, Wales and Switzerland. And obviously, they did score that one goal against uh, Switzerland, Yifan um, Kafaji, which was a banger, to be fair. So, the only goal they did score um, was a banger. And, yeah, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, a-, a tournament to forget, really, for Turkey. Um, and they'll be hoping to bounce back now come the World Cup next year, which I'm looking forward to already. And that will be here before we know it. I mean, it's almost August already. I don't know where the year's going. So, um, yeah, maybe they'll bounce back come, obviously... Uh, the tournament uh, next year in Qatar, which will be a very unique event like Euro 2020 was. Uh, you know, we won't see Euro 2020 again like 2.0, where 11 different countries and uh, you know, 11 different stadiums are hosting games. I think it'll just be one or two countries like it normally is. But uh, anyway, Group B, obviously Belgium are the winners of the group, uh, three wins in a row. And were flawless, apart from the one goal that they conceded, which was against Denmark. Yusuf Paulsen scoring that goal against them. Denmark obviously finished in second in that group. Finland and, and Russia, third and fourth, respectively, going home early. But, um, yeah, Finland, well, oh, I say Finland. We'll start with Belgium, obviously. Belgium, uh, you know... With the likes of Lukaku, De Bruyne, you kind of expect them to get out of a group like that. No offence to Denmark, Finland or Russia, although I guess I do offend, I'm offending them by that. But you know what I mean. Um, and they did, and they come up against Portugal in the last stages of the tournament to beat them. It was a good game as well. But uh, yeah, um, the golden generation, I believe they're called, um, for Belgium, easily made their way out of the group. And um, yeah, Lukaku was... Uh, a uh, tough one to, to handle and tame, you know, he's a, a brute of a striker, an absolute beast, and uh, when he starts scoring, you know, it's hard to stop him. Denmark, obviously, I've already mentioned them, fair play game to the semi-final, um, a bit of a dubious penalty, Raheem Sterling going down, uh, and uh, fair play to Schmeichel, though, he saved the penalty, 
and that was also with a, a glare, you know, being sh- shone in his eyes by one of the England fans, which, you know, is not okay. And their fans booing uh, when it was a Danish national anthem. I think uh, UEFA or whoever else is uh, sorting out, or they have been uh, dealt with already. But, uh, yeah, he still said the penalty, so it um, didn't really make much of a difference. But, unfortunately, that was bundled in by, I believe, Harry Kane, who missed the, the penalty. But, yeah, was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? I guess it doesn't matter now. The tournament's over and done with. But, uh, yeah, slightly dubious, as I said. And obviously Finland and Russia. I was looking forward to watching Russia play in that because they have Alexei Moranchuk, I believe, plays for Atalanta in Serie A. It was the best thing for him moving there. Um, yeah, Russia had a bit of a tournament to forget, although they did win one game where they uh, beat Finland uh, and the man himself, as I just mentioned, Moranchuk scoring that goal in St. Petersburg, where Russia were at the away team with that one out. Um, but yeah. Uh, Tournament really to forget the Finland and Russia, but uh, you know it was always going to be a tough group coming up against Belgium and Denmark for them. But they'll have a chance to redeem themselves, as I said, to come the World Cup next year should they qualify. Uh, group C then which had the Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine, and North Macedonia in. Uh, Netherlands cruiser group, really, as many of us expected. Three straight wins, eight goals scored, only two conceded. Uh, And that was without Van Dijk as well. And uh, fair play to them, although they kind of all fell apart uh, against the Czech Republic in the last stages of the tournament with the lick against Sandov, which didn't really help. I don't know what was going through his mind when he handled the ball like that. Bit of a deliberate handball, wasn't it? But, um, you know, about this star man and Van Dijk, you know, I say fair play to them, you know, against Austria, Ukraine, and North Macedonia, you do expect them to uh, get out of that group. But uh, Austria themselves, obviously led by their captain, uh, David Alaba, who's now left by Munich and joined Real Madrid, finished second with two wins and a defeat, losing uh, to the Netherlands in uh, Amsterdam at Johan Cruyff Arena with the Pine Dumfries scoring in that game. Uh, and then Ukraine finished third as one of the best third-place teams, similar to Switzerland in Group A. And there wasn't any, obviously, best placed third teams in Group B. But um, yeah, Ukraine, with one win and two defeats, got to the semi-finals themselves, obviously. Uh, led by, obviously, the former Chelsea legend, Andrei Shevchenko, uh, a legend for his country and for the teams he played throughout his career. Uh, good, they, they were good fun to watch as well. Um, you know, Yamalenka for West Ham, who I feared might be leaving. Um, I think West Ham really should keep hold of him. Uh, you know, I think he can definitely provide uh, to, to be able, he can be a good asset even for them uh, for this upcoming uh, Premier League season. I will be actually sp- uh, speaking of that, doing a, a review. Uh, well, not a review even. A preview, you know, like I did with the Euro 2020 uh, tournaments um, podcast. So look forward to that. Hoping to do that before the season starts next month for Watch This Space. But yeah, and then North Macedonia, obviously, they lost all their games like Turkey did, um, scoring uh, two and conceding eight. But uh, yeah, I mean, what a moment for them when Panda scored against Austria. Okay, they lost the game 3 1 in the end, which was their first game at the tournament. I think ever it was their debut. Um, but yeah, what a moment for Panda. And obviously, in terms of North Macedonian players, he is a legend. And um, yeah, fair play to them for qualifying for the tournament. And it was really nice to watch them play and the spirit in the team and to see Panda banging in goals like that, as he did at the age of 37. Uh, but he hasn't got a club either after leaving Genoa. Although he might have retired from what I've been hearing. Um, after the tournament uh, and retired from football in general which is a shame but I guess you know he's 37 now and age is catching up to him but uh, yeah you know I think the future for North Macedonia is right obviously they got um, actually no I was about to say Yanis Hadji but he's Romanian so completely ignore what I was about to say um, but, you know they got Alioski for Leeds as well another good player 
and uh, yeah, just hopefully if we can get get to see them uh, at the tournament uh, next year in Qatar, whether they can qualify again like they did for Euro 2020 is another thing. But yeah, it was a nice moment for them to see Pandev score and um, even qualify for, for Euro 2020. Now moving from Group C to Group D, obviously we have England who won the group two wins and a draw. That draw coming against Scotland. Onika score, scoring two goals actually and conceding none, um, which was less goals than Croatia and Czech Republic scored um, compared to their four and three. But uh, yeah, Croatia obviously finished in second. Uh, they themselves had four points and the Czech Republic also did. They qualified as a third best place team, similar to other teams we mentioned already, obviously. And then Scotland, unfortunately for them, went home. But they did put up a good fight against England and Wembley. You know, they really took the game to them. And they kind of had to after losing a 2 0 at home to the Czech Republic, where, like I said, Schick scored that fantastic goal. And um, the 25 year old, you know, uh, I think the best move for him was leaving Roma and uh, joining Leverkusen in Germany, by Leverkusen, that is. And what a goal that was from the halfway line. Obviously, Marshall's a bit out of his goal, but still, you know, uh, you, you can't take the credit away from Schick. What a finish it was. Um, I think it was the free that I think everyone expected to get out of the group. No offense to Scotland, obviously, but uh, you know, they definitely got. A lot to look forward to, and hopefully, um, as I've said already, for North Macedonia, we get to see Scotland in a major tournament again, be it the, the uh, World Cup next year, which I'm looking forward to, as I've already mentioned. Uh, but yeah, uh, shame for Scotland, but as I said, the three to go out of that group, um, I think many of us expected to, and obviously Schick, one of the best players in the tournament, with his five goals, the same as Ronaldo scored. And Croatia as well, you know. Is this the last time we'll see players like, you know, Modric play um, again, uh, you know, because he is getting on a bit uh, now. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, regardless of that, whether he will get to see him or not, you know, they still finished second, so in the group. And uh, get got to where was it the quarters, maybe? Or the round of 16? I can't remember. I'll have to <laughs> look through as I'm going through this now. And then, obviously, we moved to Group E, where Spain and uh, Sweden got out of that group with uh, two wins for Sweden and one draw and uh, no defeats. And then Spain with the one win and two draws. Spain did beat Slovakia, not Slovenia, because they didn't qualify. But, yeah, um, Spain really turned it up when they needed to, because there was obviously a lot of pressure on them after drawing to Poland, after drawing to Sweden. But then they beat Slovakia 5-0 uh, in Sevilla with Dubravka's on goal, which was... A bit comical, and then Kuchka, and then Torres, Sarabia, and Laporte with the actual goals for Spain that weren't on goal. So they turned up when they needed to and uh, got to the semi finals. And then, as I mentioned, Slovakia and, and Poland, fortunately for them, finishing third and fourth and not making it through and going home early. But uh, yeah, I was surprised really with Poland. I mean, obviously, Lewandowski should have won the Ballon d'Or and, and wrongly didn't, but. Um, you know, he's one of the most deadliest strikers in Europe, if not the most deadliest. Uh, you know, scoring goals for fun for Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga last season. But yeah, only the three goals for Lewandowski wasn't enough. Uh, the first one he scored was obviously against Spain uh, in Sevilla, and then the two against uh, Sweden. Uh, and unfortunately, they did lose that game 3 2 uh, in St. Petersburg. But yeah, um, I guess the player really. Out of the group, that most impressed me. Okay, Pedro got the Young Player of the Tournament award, but that is Emil Forsberg, the attacking midfielder who plays for Leipzig. Who I'm hoping uh, get a, you know we get to see in the Premier League because I think he wants to uh, force a move away from Leipzig, and rightly so, you know, because after his performances in Euro 2020, I mean, most of Sweden's success was because of him. What a baller he is, and you know he was scoring goals for fun. Uh, he scored against Slovakia, scored two against Poland, and obviously the game against. Uh, Sweden ended nil-nil, so he didn't score in that. But, um, 
yeah, I, you know, goals outside the box, uh, inside the box of his head, left foot, right foot, you name it. Um, Forsberg had a really good tournament. And uh, speaking of Forsberg, uh, he is relatively young, as far as I know. Um, I, I, I say that because I'm looking through uh, the Wikipedia page now as I'm talking through this. So um, when I load Forsberg's page up, yeah, he's only, well, I say relatively young. He's 29. So, you know, he's, at, I think, at the, the peak, really, of... Um, his, his abilities, but I think really we'll move now to the Premier League or wherever else would be good for him, I think. Um, where could he fit in? I don't know, maybe at Tottenham? Will he stay at Leipzig? We'll have to see. But he's been at Leipzig now since 2015, but what a tournament uh, the 29-year-old had. I know how old he is now. But um, yeah, and obviously Slovakia, well, uh, they did win a game, to be fair to them. They did beat Poland 2-1. Uh, Skriniar was one of the players I highlighted um, in the podcast before the tournament began to keep your eye out for. The Euro 2020 special one. And obviously, uh, they did beat Poland. Chesney scored an own goal. But yeah, Skriniar scored um, for them. Uh, they only have actually actually proper goal they scored because then they got they took that 5 0 hide into to Spain, as I mentioned. Lost to Sweden, but they beat Poland. But yeah, Skriniar, the one I highlighted. You know, I knew I was coming. See, I knew Skriniar was going to score. But uh, yeah, moving on then to the group of death, the, the final group we're going to discuss. Obviously, France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. Hungary, unfortunately, the ones to miss out. I think, as I think everyone really expected. Although Hungary did put up a really good fight against Portugal in their first game, which saw over fifty-five thousand attend the Puskas Arena in Budapest. Until the 84th minute, like I said, when Guerrero and then Ronaldo got a double. A fair play to them, you know, the fans were really on this side and helped them uh, win that game 3 0. Uh, France group winners, one win, two draws, and only team to stay unbeaten uh, in the group. And then Germany uh, finished in second, one win, one draw, and one defeat. And then the same record for Portugal, who qualified as the best third place team. And it would have been disappointing, really, to see Portugal exit the tournament so early with the talent they have, like Ronaldo, Fernandes, Jota, Nelson Semedo, um, Renato Sanchez, uh, to name a few off the top of my head. Yeah, because Viserations, the Hungary, they put up a good fight, really, in all their games. Um, obviously, they drew against France in Budapest again, where they believe they played all their games apart from one of them against Germany but yeah um, I was disappointed really I wanted to see Dominic Sabosla who plays for Leipzig after we were near from Salzburg play but he was injured so if Hungary qualify for the World Cup next year we might be able to see him then you know he's definitely uh, in terms of young talents from Hungary um, one to keep your eye out for definitely him but obviously he didn't manage to make the tournament but yeah there were four uh, the best placed uh, third place teams of all the groups of Portugal Czech Republic Switzerland and Ukraine with Finland and Slovakia just missing out on goal difference I believe um, to Ukraine who had the exact amount of points as them, but obviously commiserations to them. But yeah, Group F, what a group that was. Um, right down to the wire to determine who was going through. Like obviously, Germany beat Portugal 4-2, Diaz on goal, Guerrero on goal, but then Havertz and Gosens scored. One definitely worth mentioning for Germany, Gosens, what a tournament he had. The uh, player who plays for Atalanta, the left wing back was a 27, so you know, plenty of years left in him for sure. But yeah, what a tournament he had. Um, Relatively unknown. I, you know, I, I heard of him on FIFA and so on, obviously. But I don't really watch much Serie A football as it is. But uh, definitely one of the stand-up players in that German side, for sure. Um, Mbappe, I don't know, he had a bit of an underwhelming tournament as far as I'm concerned. Um, obviously, the world expected a lot more from arguably one of the best players up and coming, you know, that's going to take over the world, you know, when the Saturday comes that Ronaldo and Messi retire. But yeah, um, a chance, and you would expect France to, redeem, to um, qualify for the World Cup next year to redeem himself there in Qatar. But uh, 
yeah, and obviously Portugal, don't really need to say much about them. Um, Ronaldo, just what a player. Uh, still doing what he does at the age of, what is it, 36? Um, just, I mean, a go. He is a goat, and uh, that's why I think better than Messi. I think so, but that's for another whole episode or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a go. And how many goals has Messi scored in the Euros? Um, compared to Ronaldo. Um, obviously, Messi can't score any because he's Argentine. But yeah, um, he had a good Copa America, and obviously he won uh, that with Argentina. That's his first trophy with his country. So that was nice to see beating Brazil in the final. But yeah, that is the group out of the way. And obviously then we got to... Round of 16, Belgium beating Portugal 1-0. Italy beating Austria 2 and after extra time. Austria really took the game to them, didn't they, in London. Uh, Switzerland beating France on penalties in Bucharest 5-4, with the game ending 3-3, a uh, six-goal thriller. Spain beating uh, Croatia 5-3 in Copenhagen. Then Ukraine beat Sweden. England beat Germany. Uh, Czech Republic 2, Netherlands 0, and obviously Wales and getting a hide in my Denmark. One thing I disagreed with in that game in particular was Harry Wilson getting sent off. And okay, Hickam, well, you're being biased because you support Wales. Well, um, it wasn't a red card, but uh, it didn't really make a difference in the end because Wales got their asses handed to them, didn't they? But uh, yeah, chance to redeem ourselves, hopefully, to welcome next year on the Rod page because I can't see gigs coming back now. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the news, and no need to go into that here. Yeah, um, now to the quarterfinals, obviously we had the math warring clash in Munich between Belgium and Italy. Italy edged out two goals to one in St. Petersburg, Spain again, um, going to go in the distance for extra time, beat Switzerland 3-1 on penalties, and shout out quickly to Jan Sommer. What a performance he had at the Euros, um, the much and glad back goalkeeper uh, in the Bundesliga. Fair play to him, you know. Um, I think they would have definitely considered probably a lot more goals than they did. Obviously the defence as well, but uh, his hard work in between the sticks, or the post, whatever they call it. Um, obviously and England beating Ukraine 4-0. was hoping Ukraine were going to put up more of a fight in there, but um, they didn't. And, okay, here we go. I'm going to say this now. England had an easy route to the final, in, in my opinion. Okay, you know, they played Germany, beat them 2-0, but Germany just sat back the whole game, and uh, really now it's time for a rebuilding for them, with Joachim Lowe now stepping aside, and Hansi Flick leaving Bayern to take over there, with Julian Nagelsmann taking over there from Leipzig. But yeah, um, time now for a rebuild, really. They kind of just sat back for the whole game, and said, alright, come on, come and attack us then, and we'll try and hit you on the counter, but it didn't work, and they lost 2-0. And... Yeah, I don't know. That's my opinion. Well, I think England had an easy route to the final. Ukraine didn't really turn up either. They kind of stayed in Kiev, <laughs> it feels like. Um, then they played Denmark in the semi-finals. Denmark beating the Czech Republic 2-1 in Baku. Uh, was it a penalty? As I've already mentioned, I don't think it was. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, matter now. Even though it's just about to burp. Um, pardon me, remember your manners. And then obviously Italy beat uh, Spain 4-2 on penalties. Spain going the distance again. Um... Yeah, um, and then obviously we, we had the final on June, uh, June, July the 11th, a few days after my birthday, and um, my eyes were glued to the screen for that game. What a final it was. Um, obviously we had uh, England uh, take the one that lead with Luke Shaw scoring in the second minute. Uh, Jose Mourinho looking away now is seeing Luke Shaw perform. And what a tournament he had as well for England. Um, Kane, you know, finally found a shooting boot when he needed to. And in the 67th minute, Bonucci made it um, 1-1. And then we had the penalties, uh, where Berardi scored his first. Kane scored to make it 1-1. And Bellotti missed, and it was advantage England as Maguire pretty much broke the camera. Slabad, they're doing Slabad things right there to make it 2-1. And then, obviously, Bonucci didn't score to make it... Uh, 
uh, 2-2. Rashford then missed. Sancho missed. Saka missed. Bernadeschi uh, also scored. And Jorginho missed. But um, one thing I do want to mention here. Um, the racist abuse um, directed towards Rashford, Sancho and Saka. Which I believe I have mentioned already. On various social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, whatever. It's just not on. Um, you know, Fair play to Saka at the age of, what is it, 19 years? Um, stepping up and saying, I want to take a penalty. I don't think many 19-year-olds would have done that. And, you know, there's just no need for that abuse being directed towards them, you know. And uh, Rashford's mural, I believe, is in Manchester being defaced, where he plays his football, obviously. Um, just not on. And that's obviously been repaired now. And uh, Sancho as well, uh, being racially abused and targeted, uh, who's now today, if you're listening on um, Friday, completed his move from Dortmund to Man United. He's going straight in my fantasy team on a fantasy hub. I'm looking forward to seeing Sancho play um, for United this season. We're in the number 25 shirt. I think many expect them to be given number 7, but that is uh, belonging to Cavani at the moment. I think he's got to earn the right, I think, to have such a prestigious shirt, you know, worn by the likes of Ronaldo, who might be coming back to United as well. I've heard a few rumours there in the pipeline, but uh, whether he will or not remains to be seen. Uh, I might do an overview of the Transfer Window podcast when that closes, I believe, next month sometime. So uh, keep your eyes on that and watch this space. But yeah, um, Bjorn Kuyper's referee, I think he had a decent game. Um, Good attendance, over 67,000 were there. Um, The most Wembley seen for as long as I can remember. Um, but yeah, the racist abuse, as I said, directed towards them three was just just not on. Uh, I take my hand off the sack. I don't think if I was in that position as a 19-year-old, I would have uh, put my hand up and said, I'll take a penalty. It was rumoured that Grealish was offered to take one or you know, presented the opportunity to, but didn't. Um, and But he was then come out and said on Twitter that you know he wanted to, but he just didn't get a chance to. And I he, I see and criticise Gareth Southgate because you shouldn't be bringing on Rashford and Sancho who've played basically little to no minutes at all. And I said this on Facebook as well. And anybody who, who you know follows me on Facebook and is a friend of mine would have seen they were rusty. You bring them on with like f- five minutes, or even less than that, to play, and I expect them to take a penalty. And my dad said this: if you were going to do this, or going to do that, even bring them on with like twenty minutes to play, let them you know have a feel for the ball a bit, and so on. make a, a couple of passes, put it, put them together, but then to throw them in at the deep end and expect them to take a penalty, yeah, um, not the best um, move and decision that Southgate's made. But uh, I think he's reiterated he wants to stay and lead England to Qatar because um, you imagine that they'll uh, be qualifying for that uh, World Cup next year. But yeah, um, what a tournament it was though, you know, a great tournament as far as I'm concerned, lots of goals scored, nice to see fans back at the stadiums, and a really unique tournament in that, obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, 11 host countries, 11 different venues, it was nice to see, um, 24 teams taking part, and I'm looking forward to the next Euros already, which Germany is uh, hosting, and there'll be 10 different venues in 10 different host cities, uh, between June 14th and July the 14th, um, it's not a one-day tournament, so I was going to say June the 14th. Yeah, that's always plans anyway, so put that in your diaries. I know it's um, three years from now, but it'll be here before you know it, trust me. Uh, as I said at the beginning as well, I think if you could have shared the best player award, it should have also gone to Chiesa because, I mean, his pace is just frightening. Um, and there was rumours that, um, you know, other clubs were interested in him, and, you know, rightly so, because what a tournament he had. But uh, I believe he is staying put at uh, Juventus. Um, I believe he's on loan there at the moment from Fiorentina. So whether Juventus looks to sign him up permanently, remains to be seen. But, you know, he was only 23, still young. And uh, I'm sure his father, Enrico, who obviously played for the Italian national side as well, 
and uh, played for many big clubs in Italy throughout his career from 1988 to 2010. We're very proud and uh, rightly so because what a tournament he had. And um, yeah, definitely an exciting player to watch. I, you know, defenders couldn't really keep up with him and handle him or know what to do with him. Although one incident, I'm sure you've seen memes about this um, going throughout um, throughout the internet even, of Benucci's, or was it Benucci or Chiellini grabbing the back of Saka's shirt? How that was in a red card, I don't know. Um, I think if that was given as a red card, if it went to VAR, then... It probably would have changed the game. Would Italy have still won? I don't know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because it's coming to Rome, as uh, Benucci screamed at the camera, not coming home. Um, and you know, I had a bit of banter between people I know. I went to Eng- uh, uni in England, not England and uni. Um, lived there for three years. It's just banter at the end of the day. It's not that deep, I promise. Um, and it's just a joke. If you can't take it, then I think yeah, you probably need to grow up. But yeah, um, I'm just looking now. Manchester City have um, entered a race to try and, uh, and sign Chiesa. Uh, Chelsea as well. But um, I think Juventus have no plans to let him go. He might have even join permanently now. I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, what a tournament Euro 2020 was. And if the World Cup next year can be anything like this, then we're in for a treat. Um, look forward to it, or, to it already. And as I said, it will be here before we know it. Um, in terms of distance covered, a fun fact for everyone who loves their fun facts, and as I said, I do already. Uh, Jorginho covered the most kilometres out of the whole tournament compared to everyone else, 86.61. And he was just controlling the midfield um, in the heart of that uh, Italian team. Uh, he does it for Chelsea as well. Obviously, he missed that penalty with his little hop, skip and a jump that he always does. I think he needs to come up with something new now because I think goalkeepers have figured out what he does now. But, um, yeah, felt like to him. And then behind that was uh, Calvin Phillips, 82.9. Pedri, 76.1. Harry Kane, who, like I said, got going really, really mattered for England with 74.3. And Sterling with 68 point three uh, for him no athlete player as I said was involved in for more minutes of the finals than Jorginho and he made the most of his time by covering more ground than anyone else at the tournaments um, but obviously a word too as I mentioned for Pedri the young player of the tournaments um, he was uh, at the top of this pile actually the, the names I just read out before Italy were Italy uh, Spain were knocked out in the semi-finals uh, distance covered by in possession Pedri there Jorginho there Coque Calvin Phillips and Laporte who changed from France to Spain I guess to have more of a chance to play because he wasn't getting that chance um, for France uh, top speed, if you, anyone is interested in that. Uh, Loic Nego for Hungary was recorded as one of the fastest players. Uh, Spinozola, what a gutting time for him to get an injury. Um, it was nice to see him at the final. He was one of the standout players of the tournament. I probably would have said him, actually, should he have not had that injury. Um, other players then was obviously uh, Kingsley Coman for France, Cody Gakpo for the Netherlands, Dan James for Wales, uh, Marcus Rashford for England as well, who should have seen more game time, as with Sancho, and even Haaland himself, um, the Norwegian computer, um, set, tweeted out on Twitter that why you know, isn't Sancho not playing uh, as much as he should be. Most sprints, Raheem Sterling, as um, I'm sure anyone would have uh, guessed, you know, he's a quick player, runs a bit funny. Um, Joachim Myler for Denmark, Actually, speaking of Denmark, uh, Damsgaard as well. What a tournament he had. I believe he's only 20. Myla for Atalanta. I believe he plays there. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm sure someone will. 
two standout players for the Danes, uh, Di Lorenzo another one for Italy, uh, with the most sprints with 276, Calvin Phillips against the Leeds. I think you English fans, or people I've spoke to that are English fans, were a bit hit and miss, like, midfield, you know, defensive midfield of Rice and Phillips, how's that going to work? But work wonders, really, so much so, obviously, they got to the final. And Chiro Immobile, um, another one. But uh, yeah, I suppose that pretty much wraps up the the, the podcast and Euro 2020. Uh, a tournament really to remember for more reasons than not. Uh, unique, different, I like different. And as I said, hopefully the World Cup next year in Qatar is just as good, um, if not better than the Euros were. But congratulations to Italy, commiserations to England, falling just short in the final. Um, although they'll definitely in contention for the World Cup next year that's for sure so will he be coming home next year who knows but uh, for now as I've already said it's coming to Rome and not home <laughs> just remembering Bonucci screaming at in the camera um, fair play to Michelini they're getting on a bit now but what a, a, a def- defensive duo them two are the back uh, for Juventus and um, it'd be nice to see them playing again and even if that's their, their final tournament because uh, like I said they are getting on but what, that will have to be uh, remain to be seen even Thank you everyone who's listening right now. If you're still here, uh, thank you to obviously all I've shown all the videos. I can't thank you enough, honestly. And I sound like a broken record saying thank you all the time, but the messages I've received on Instagram, what have you, by people I went to school with, honestly, it makes me want to continue to do this. And I said that when I shared last um, episode's podcast on my social media accounts. Um, the link to that will be in the description below if you missed it. But always check it out. Remember to click the bell on the video to make sure you don't miss any further uploads of Hope Talk, including this one. And, uh, uh, yeah, if you want to check out any other videos, they'll be on the channel too. But I'll be back next week now. Um, I believe the podcast that I got in mind to do is the Legacy of Pops. So I've got all the intro and outro music done already. Uh, so look forward to that. I'm looking forward to um, discussing one thing about his uh, Faith album that came out um, two weeks ago today and the Deluxe is coming out uh, a week today. So. Yeah, I might even do it on um, next Friday. We'll have to see um, so I can give you my initial thoughts uh, after listening to it. But um, watch this space. Anyway, my name is Vimal Lent. Thank you for listening to Hoka Talk today. Take care of yourselves. Have a nice rest of your weekend. And I will see you all very soon. (music) 